Hello one and all and welcome to episode 22 of Have You Seen? I am, as always, Kieran Lefort, and when I open my eyes, I am hoping that the ever-dependable Thomas Webb is at the other end of the table. I am. I'm slightly concerned you had your eyes shut, but... <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's cross your eyes, uh, cross your eyes, <laughs> cross your <laughs> close your eyes, cross your fingers and hope for the best when you press record <laughs> on this machine. Fair enough. Um, last week, what did we do? We pitched, I pitched you The Spanish Prisoner. Yeah, and I pitched and you The Descendants. You did. Uh, so, where do you want to start? Uh, Spanish Prisoner. Okay, okay. Shall I do a little quick recap? Uh, yeah, please do. Righto. Uh, Joe Ross is played by Campbell Scott, and he has invented a process. It's only ever called The Process, uh, and it could make a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, he's on an island in the Caribbean with a bunch of his colleagues to close a deal to sell this process, and there he meets Jimmy Dell, who's played by Steve Martin, in his first serious role. And a long and complex con begins from there. It's written and directed by uh, David Mamet, who has written just about everything under the sun uh, and directed a few of those. Yes. Um, go ahead. Okay. Share your thoughts on The Spanish Prisoner. Okay, I'll say, um, on the whole, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the... I thought the plot was well thought out. And it, for, when you have a thriller like this, you can often create a lot of plot holes for yourselves and then find yourselves digging yourself out of some of them but yeah. not others but this I thought covered itself pretty. it's fairly well sealed isn't yeah it? it's pretty good um, the stuff I didn't like about it mm. was that it overall it kind of had the feel that it was made for TV rather than a feature film it was uh, it is a pretty cheap production yeah it, and it, and it kind of shows in places yeah. um, and I think some of the actors are a little bit sort of stilted and the the well-written dialogue doesn't come across as that's, well-written dialogue. I will say that's one of the problems I have with it, and a lot of people have with it, is that um, it is very stagey dialogue, and there are some quite stiff readings. Yes, um, particularly uh, the woman who played Susan. Yeah, which one is she? I can't I remember characters' her. names. No, she's the main woman in it, whose name I can't remember. Okay, good. <laughs> she's the one that's cracking she's the the secretary that's cracking on to yes yeah her. joe okay yeah. good um yeah i think this would have been better if it had been directed by somebody else i think so too yeah 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 it, um i thought steve martin and campbell scott were the, the two best oh, yeah. actors in it by a long shot mm. um and you were right last week. You said the first half hour, nothing really kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot of setup before yeah. you get to anything. And I did find there was a point where I, where I suddenly found myself engaged, which was about thirty to forty minutes in. I was yeah. suddenly like, okay, now now I want to know what's going on. Mm. Um, the one thing I think I would have liked is if they put a figure on the process. You think? Yeah, because the thing that I was wondering is, that, okay, I mean. So basically, uh, you've got these people trying to get the process from Campbell Scott, and they do it in a very elaborate way. Yeah. Which must have cost a lot of money to do. Yes. And it's hard to think that people would go to those lengths and spend that much money to get this if you don't know what the value of that product is. Do you know what but I mean? I think only the audience doesn't really know the value of the product. No, I know, and that's the thing. I think I think if they'd even even if they just said even like half off the cuff, half a billion dollars yeah. or whatever, even just saying that, okay, okay, if it's worth half a billion dollars, I can understand why someone would pay fifty million dollars to get it. To get it. Yeah. You know? So that I that for me that was a bit like 
you know, I go, I get, I guess it must be valuable, but it, you know, it, it is essentially just a book with some handwriting in it. Yeah. And you can't, I think you kind of need a bit more, you know, just that little bit of like, okay, th- it, it has a definite value. It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's an ancient artifact which you can just assume is old and valuable. Yeah. You know okay. What I, mean? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Indiana Jones and the process. Exa- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you kind of like, and because, quite rightly the the writer stops you from understanding what that process is and even what arena of industry it's in yeah i don't think it's even mentioned what the company no so so i mean you don't even you don't need to know that at all but i think knowing the value of it would make it much more plausible okay um so yeah i mean those were the only things really overall I, i liked it i thought it was quite interesting did you agree that it's kind of uh, it had quite the old-fashioned '60s kind of? Yeah, yeah, it's got that kind of pace to it, and there's like elements of kind of noir in there and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I liked quite a lot of it. Um, you know, there's some really nice little twists and turns, yeah. some of which you could see kind of see coming, and yeah. others that you really didn't see coming, and that that kind of kept the balance nice because you you kind of felt that oh, okay, I've got a handle on this, and then you'd be rewarded by seeing something that was going to happen and then you'd be like damn why didn't i know that that was going to happen so that was that's kind of nice you you don't get that too often um even though it was only made in 1997 they don't make them like this anymore no it did seem it uh, would be it seemed partly because of the way it was made Mm. it seems very dated but not necessarily in a bad way Mm. i mean okay so the production design looks dated in a bad way, mm. uh, it it certainly doesn't even it doesn't even look like it was made in 1997. To be no, honest, it, it, lo- no, it looks no. like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, but me. by the same token, that's what people look like in 1997. Well, yeah, Campbell Scott's exactly. character was not going to be the height of fashion no, no, tooling no, around in a Ferrari. No, no, not at all. But it just kind of seems a bit odd that you know it, it's that a bit these of a people mismatch. are so normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of like, well, but it's got a real feel of some like a movie a lot earlier than that. So yeah. like the 60s and mm. 50s and 60s kind of stuff which i like these days there'd be a car chase and a fist fight in there as well i think yeah I mean, I like i said right. there isn't really any on-screen violence no no somebody gets shot somebody gets stabbed off screen yeah and cer- somebody gets shot at the end yeah there'd certainly be like a chase sequence of some description yeah. you know uh you know like campbell scott running away from yeah, like I, said, I don't think anybody even breaks into a jog no no or maybe where they're running for the boat yeah later yeah. on it's hard to talk about because i want people to watch it yeah and yeah not know everything before they go in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I quite liked some of the the twists and turns at the end, though. There were a few kind of interesting character mm. changes and reveals that I quite liked. Yeah, um, which were you know, you know, and, there, and along the way there are some like nice little amusing bits in it. Mm. There, there was one thing I re- I can't remember exactly what it was now, but there was one moment where Steve Martin says one says something, and you kind of you can see it's him just not being able to not make a joke in that situation Mm. you kind of think that must have been like his ad lib or him saying can Mm. i say this because it really kind of was just like that yeah you suddenly you suddenly remember it's steve martin again yeah because of something he said so yeah i i I did like it there was lots of nice little Mm. bits and pieces he's very good at just being a serious actor isn't he yeah yeah yeah, I think it's he does quite, come with a lot of baggage. Though you think you keep thinking that's Steve Martin, that's Steve yeah. Martin, but he is really good. He is he's very t- good. just because he's a distinctive-looking man as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think in a, in a way it kind of plays. You know, his former persona kind of plays into your buying his character. Hmm. If that makes sense, you know, there, there's an element of trust you have in him as an actor. Hmm. So, so you kind of, you know. 
you kind of just go with what he says quite naturally, if that sure. makes sense. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to work out if that does make sense. It makes sense in my head. Okay, good. It might not make sense in the translation from my head to my mouth, but you never know. <laughs> um, so that's about it, really, I think. You know, I think it's worth it's worth watching. It's a good solid thriller in it. Yeah, you it's know. not easy to find either. No, well, like I said, I'd never heard of it before. So, mm. you know, I think it's um, I think it's a good example of a complex thriller that is well written and doesn't have plot holes. No, uh, one one like, of the things you know. I like especially about it is is the way the very organic way all of the elements are set up. Yeah, for the for the reveals later on where yeah. when uh, uh, Ross finally realizes that he's being conned and these are the people that are conning him yeah yeah and and he is realizing as you are realizing exactly how they've set him up along the way yes exactly yeah and there, there's actually there's almost kind of like a double bluff element uh, uh, point in the film mm. which i think works really really well um but i, I don't want to go into because i don't no. want to spoil it no we need to stop doing this we need to pick movies we can actually talk about like not <laughs> yeah, ones yeah. That we can't say anything about because we want people to go and watch yeah although we have said previously that spoilers are fair game when it comes to reviews i guess yeah i guess but i guess kind of for a a movie that very few people have heard of or seen exactly yeah i think i'd rather hold back on this one because i think i'd rather people watch it and then let us know what they think afterwards yes that's a very good idea if you've ever heard of the spanish prisoner if you can find the spanish prisoner (laughs) yes rescue the spanish prisoner and send us your review of him uh on the subject of the spanish prisoner I, i did some searching for customer feedback yeah um had only it had very few reviews that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, they were only five or four star reviews, and none of them were funny enough to read out on this show. So uh, it enough. appears to be well liked and not mm. not mocked. Good. Uh, should we move on to the Descendants? Yeah, sure. So do you want me to recap the Descendants? If you wouldn't mind. Okay. Um, I have a, a chance to take a mouthful of water. Fair enough. Um, so. Descendants is uh, George Clooney playing a character called Matt King, and he his wife has uh, an accident, leaves her in a coma, and whilst he's trying to deal with the repercussions of that, he's trying to kind of reconnect his relationship with his children, and he's also got this huge land deal that he's supposed to be in charge of, and there's a few other bits and pieces um, along the way that. I didn't know too much about going into the movie, so I didn't go into in the pitch. Sure. Because uh, I wanted you to kind of go in roughly with the info that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a little bit more info. Quite possibly. Because you didn't mention the affair and I already knew about it. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the other thing he's trying to deal with is the fact that his wife, who's in a coma, he finds out she was having an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised at how much I liked this film and particularly how much I liked George Clooney in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was mainly the reason I pitched it because it's the... It's and mostly because it tied into I went to Hawaii. Yeah, that too. But, you know. Yeah. Um, I realised the only film I could pitch you based on places I've been on my holiday was Birdemic, which was shot <laughs> in the area of California I visited. <laughs> oh dear, we need to do something. And some. A, it's terrible, and B, you've already seen it. Yeah, that's true. We need. We might have to do a people's... A pitch to the people for it, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, when we do our next bad movie show, that we'll can be the pitch to the people. Fine. We're okay. kind of giving it away here. Yeah. You'll all have forgotten. Nobody remembers this. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, so I think this is probably the best performance I've ever seen him give, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think? I think it's the most different performance George Clooney's okay. ever given. George Clooney usually comes with a certain amount of smugness and self-satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and there isn't any of it here. Mm. Um he is, yeah, he's very good. Mm. 
Um, yeah, it's George Clooney not being George Clooney. <laughs> Yay, acting. <laughs> you said before uh, that you thought he maybe... Oh, he was up for the Oscar and yeah. he got pitched, pipped by um, Jean Dujardin for uh, The, the Artist. artist yeah. I have now seen both of those films. Right. And I think The Artist, as good as it is, yeah. that... Uh, Dujardin was maybe given the Oscar because it's Hollywood going, oh my God, somebody can act without Talking. having to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I... So I, I haven't re- seen it yet and I kind of wondered if that was the case. Yeah. So do you, do you think that Clooney probably would have, should have d- deserved it over him? I don't... Should have deserved it is difficult when it comes to Oscars. Ooh, that's true, I think yeah. he would have got it had the artist not come out. Right. Fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, I yeah, get yeah, what yeah, you mean, yeah. 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 Um... I should probably talk about the movie, really. Yeah, yeah. Just um, what did you think of the overall kind of story? Well, I shall show you. I don't have many notes, and okay. most that I do have are just one line. Okay. So that's a sign that I was just sitting and watching the film. Oh, that's good. Because I, when I watch these movies, I don't do anything else. I don't have my, um, don't have my dinner on my lap. No. I don't have my computer open. The only thing I will occasionally do is get my phone and flick on IMDb and double check and double check yeah. some things. Uh, so I just watch the movie and write notes. Yeah. And if I don't have many notes, it means I was paying attention to the film. Good. Excellent. Hmm. Um. Hawaii looks really nice, doesn't it? It is nice. Even the cities. Yeah. Even the, the urban areas where yeah. you see his office and that kind of thing. It looks, yeah. looks very nice. Yeah, I have to say, actually, you know, when we, we were driving around, you kind of drive through sort of poorer areas and even that, you'd think, oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind living there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I noticed uh, uh, George Clooney wearing a T-shirt that a certain member of staff has been wearing around the office here. Yeah, and, that, and actually I own one as well. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which of the locations did you go to? Okay, quite a lot surprisingly um because there was stuff i recognized from the photos and the video that you yeah. shot uh basically we went to the saint regis resort princeville uh which is where he goes in search of the man who had an affair with his wife the okay. hotel room they're in when um they're trying to decide what to watch on tv and the youngest daughter suggests they watch porn yes yeah that we've been in that went into that hotel room mm-hmm. uh which was this huge suite and mm. it was gorgeous um a couple of the beaches the beach where uh we went to knew where the house is where uh the man who his wife is having an affair with lives or mm. is staying we went to uh, on that beach uh you know so a lot of the beach scenes we went to the, the the two major beaches where they shot those um where else did we go we went to uh the piece of land that his family own or the trustees own yeah. uh we went to where that is where the lookout is it's a nice piece of land that. I can see why it's worth a lot of money well exactly yeah. Yeah, it's huge um, so we went there uh, oh, where else did we go we went to the Outrigger Club um, which is the canoe club mm-hmm. um, that they shot it in the place next door right uh, but it's supposed to be that club right so we went to both of those okay uh, and um, like what's that what's that terrible are, Nicole Kidman film where she plays a Russian bride brought to Britain? No idea. Where it's set in St Albans and shot in Hemel Hempstead. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. Um no, I know that the the particular club that and the t shirt that Clooney's wearing in the yeah. in the film, like you can only buy those if you're members. And they right. gave they gave us special dispensation to buy one, which was no. pretty cool. To uh, buy one. They didn't yeah, give oh, yeah. you one. No, they didn't give they still one. wanted your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they charged people like thousands of dollars a month to be members there and stuff like that. It was, it's ridiculous. And you gave them twenty bucks for a t shirt. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good work. Um so that was pretty cool. Um where else did we go? God, there were so many places that mm. we went to. So you did a good, you did a good old tour of uh, yeah we got we covered quite a lot of them actually yeah mm. um and you know there's just 
you know, various uh, shots around. It's mostly on Kauai, which is the oldest of the islands mm-hmm. that make up Hawaii. Um, so we were there, and we were also in uh, Honolulu, sort of Waikiki Beach area. Um, so yeah, we kind of we toured around a bit, uh, and you know, in the piece that you put up on the on the blog, we kind of say you know, there's a kind of little section where you see the locations that we went to. Hmm. I should talk about the things I liked about the yeah, film, you really, should, rather yeah. than getting used to all my talking. Well, absolutely. Um, what I really liked about it actually was the structure of it. Right. Um, I want the screenplay because okay. it's really well structured. Mm. Thirty minutes, bang. There's your. There's absolutely the end of the first act. Yeah. Sixty something minutes, bang. There's the end of the second act. It's mm. it's beautifully structured. Yeah. Um, I, I like I said last week, the book. I mean, the translation from the book to the film is. Mm absolutely perfect you said two people were amalgamated into one who's the amalgamation oh it's such a minor character oh okay Uh, yeah i mean it's like you know um there's the couple that know she's having an affair yes and when they walk into the room one day she's there applying makeup to the wife's face yeah yeah Yeah. those are two separate people in the book oh is that it that's the only difference i could find pretty much okay interesting Mm. Um, you talk about the couple that know the affair. Yeah. The scene that starts the second act where Clooney does his amazing dad run yeah, yeah. and runs to their house. See, that is what I really like about that. You've had that really dramatic scene where he finds out yeah. from his daughter, his wife's having an affair. You get that stupid run, which is really quite funny. Yeah. Straight into a scene where he confronts these friends who knew that the affair was going on. Yeah. And you can you can seamlessly kind of be right in the emotional moment mm. of one laugh and then come straight back again. Yeah, and that was like you, that. You know, is a very nice sort of deafness of touch you don't often mm. get. I that scene the the scene in the house mm. is probably my favourite scene in the yeah. film because um, it's funny, it's dramatic, it's confrontational, and it's full of information as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. really it's really well done all around. Yeah. I love it when he comes in and he, shout, he says, is it a bad time? And she calls back, no, we're just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, now, my, my favourite scene was a bit later, but had a similar feel to it. Mm. It's full of humour and dramatic moment and mm. ends with pro- possibly the bit I laughed at the most. Mm. And it's when he goes to see his wife's parents mm. and his wife's mother has Alzheimer's and mm. doesn't quite know what's going on. And they're the trying conversa- to... The confrontation between the Sid dad and Sid. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so they're basically... I could have watched a whole old couple movie about those two Absol- characters. Yeah, I, so- did, I wanted more of the dad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's, you know, you've got this scene where they're trying to explain to the mum that her son, her daughter is in hospital and is very seriously ill yet she's kind of making all these really funny remarks mm. and Sid is just laughing at her because yeah. it's funny uh, and Robert Foster just goes, I'm going to punch you in the face yeah. <laughs> and then he does. Yeah. And it's just it was just this brilliant moment where you, yeah. you kind of feel on side with everybody within mm. it. There's a really good, interesting supporting cast. Mm. Um, Robert Foster. Yeah. Is it Foster or Forster? Forster. Forster, there we go. Um, Judy Greer. Yeah. Um, I've, I've written... I quote, "Hey, Bo Bridges." Yes, and then that's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I didn't. Right, I hate Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he. Uh, for, I only know him from Scream. Yeah, and he annoyed the absolute living bollocks off me in those films. <laughs> right. uh, I cannot stand him. Yeah, I completely did not recognise him in this. No, and he's really good. I know. When what? did he become an actor? What happened? When I was watching it. I had to turn to Adam, who was sitting in the seat next to me on the plane. I went, is that Matthew Lillard? He went, yeah. I was like, bloody hell. 
Yeah. I had no idea he was in it. And he was, like I said, he was really good in this. Yeah. I thought he, he had a very kind of difficult role, I think. Mm. and he, It's not a very big role. No, but it's, you know, it's quite a significant role. Yeah, and the scene where he and Clooney are just alone mm. in the house together is really good yeah, as well. Yeah, really tense. I can't, you can't repeat the best bits on this no, show. No, you can't. It's a very sweary film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Particularly yeah. the small children. Yeah. Uh, uh, along those lines, Americans should never use the word twat. No. They can't. No. No. Ever. No. There's a Canadian in the room who's laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because she probably pronounced it the same way the Americans do. No, it's twat, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've only got a few notes to kind of mop up, really. Okay. Uh, the white woman with the Hawaiian accent freaks me out. <laughs> where they, where he goes to collect his eldest daughter from the boarding school. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that just kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I really wasn't expecting it, yeah. and it's quite it's quite thick. Yes, um, that's about it, really. What did yeah. you think? No, of, that is my last note. What Amazing. did you think of um, the two girls? Um, the youngest one is just standard issue precocious child actor, right? Um, the oldest one is good. Okay, yeah, I thought she was really good acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she's just yeah, fair enough. You oh, play was, drug addicted teen. Yeah, there was there was one other thing I was going to ask you what you thought about. I can't remember what it was. The, now. Actually, I'll, I've, there's something else I will say. Uh, I was talking about the structure and mm. the uh, one in the screenplay. It's I think it's a really interesting piece to watch for uh, character development and progression. Mm. The only character that doesn't really show any development is the youngest child. Yes, and that's understandable because she's, she's ten. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody else has has a very clear arc. Even the smallest characters have a very clear arc. Yeah. Uh, and it's really well written in that sense. Yeah. What I love about uh, Clooney's character is the fact that you've got a man who is dealing with three or four very significant crises in his life. All at once. All at once. Yes. He's trying to hold it together. Mm. He's trying to just do the best thing. Mm. You know, like in every situation you put you put him in, you're hoping that he's just going to do the right thing to yeah. do. Not necessarily the best thing for him, but just the right thing to do in that situation, mm. which, you know, he kind of generally does. Mm. Um, but he doesn't do it in that really horrible Hollywood way, like everything's going to be a happy ending way. Yeah. And you never kind of feel that when he does do the right thing, you've been cheated and it's a bit of a cop out. No. Do you know what no, I mean? No, no, you're right. Yeah, I understand that. And um, the other thing I like about it is you've got all of that complexity going on, which Clooney portrays, mm. yet he still portrays it to an extent where he's hiding it from his youngest daughter. Yeah. So you see all of that going on in his face, yet you can totally understand that she can be in the same room as this going on and mm. not know that it's going yeah. on. Yeah. And that's why I thought he was so good. Actually, there is one thing. The one thing I thought it could do without mm -hmm. was the whole overarching land sale story. There's enough going on without that as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see that. There was some really, I can remember when I was reading the book and watching the film, I kind of started to think that as well. And then there was something that made me realise that that wasn't the case and I can't remember what it was. Okay. Which is really Maybe quite it will become apparent. Yeah, yeah, but there was a reason. I was kind of like, actually, no, it does need that, that element to it, but I can't remember what it was. I have one final note. Okay. And it says, election, sideways, this. Turns out I like Alexander Payne films. Now, I think I've seen Election. Have you not seen Sideways? I haven't seen Sideways. That will be a future episode of this show. Have I seen Election? I don't think, actually, I don't think I've seen Election. Oh, okay. 
I don't think I have a copy of Election. No. I'll, I'll go and get one. Yeah, I think this might good. be. I think this might be the only Alexander Payne movie I've oh, seen. Actually, there we go. Well, we yeah. have uh, excellent room for two more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have some customer feedback on okay, the descendants. Excellent. I have a one star and I have a five star. Okay. Um, I, I just I got both of them because they made me laugh. Okay, please tell me the one starts from a complete idiot. So painfully slow, you want to cry. A soporific <laughs> snoozathon. At the beginning, the wife was in a coma, and I joined her by the sixty-minute mark. <laughs> what was it about? I stopped caring just before I lost the will to live. <laughs> I don't know if it was the filmmaker's intention to actually put me off visiting Hawaii. The music alone would drive you up the wall. But they certainly succeeded with this cinematic proper fall infusion. Here's the synopsis. George Clooney plays some bloke whose wife is in a coma. And he has two daughters who swear a lot. And he finds out his wife's been knocking off some dozy twonk and that's about it. And I don't really care, seriously. <laughs> so what else happens? Nothing, literally nothing. If they forced the inmates at Guantanamo to watch this, to watch this, Amnesty would go ape, and rightly so. I'm off to bed. <laughs> it's, it's interesting the point they make about the music mm. was because I always assumed that now Hawaiian music would be kind of a touristy thing. Mm. You know, the, the slack key guitar and the, the ukuleles and the you know all the hula kind of mm-hmm. stuff like that. Pretty much every radio station plays that music. Really, and it's really popular. Huh. Which I, I was really surprised at. I was quite pleased at because it's kind of nice that you can go somewhere and not hear the latest kind of Chart manufactured yeah, X Factor yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it was, kind of, it was kind of weird. We were all a bit like freaked out by that, that people were <laughs> actually kind of, listening to it music. It just exists in its own little bubble. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. Um, the Five Star Review is okay. quite long. All right. It's by a French guy. Okay. Should I do it in the accent? <laughs> how, how I assume this is written. <laughs> if you want to. A strange film, indeed, echoing the tree of life. As the West, in its vast financial debt and economic crisis, become absolutely morbid when having to face the loss of its hegemony in the world? I believe so, and there are two attitudes possible. <laughs> Shall I drop the accent? <laughs> I just wondered how much hate mail we're going to get from France. <laughs> Nobody in France listens to this. <laughs> it's the UK, the US, two blokes in Australia, and that Chinese web-crawling robot. <laughs> right, fair enough. All right. (laughs) Do you know what? This might be too long. (laughs) Either you refuse it and get angry and you start accusing everyone in the whole world of some kind of plot against you, like in Greece, and you burn the central public library. I like the way you faded out the accent there. Yeah, I said I was going (laughs) to drop it. Shut up. (laughs) No, but you just, you started and then you slowly disappeared. That was really nicely done. (laughs) On or accent on or off? What do you want? Well, you've you've segued off it now, so off's fine. Maybe I'll just throw it in occasionally. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Burn the central public library. That's the choice of the wife of the lover of the dying wife, mother, daughter, cousin, relative of the main male character marvellously rendered by Clooney. Right. Or, <laughs> why who starts a paragraph with or? <laughs> or you start taming your anger and looking beyond this narrow-minded reaction and you try to come to terms with the situation, with death, with an affair, with so many things that should not prevent life from going on. Because life has to go on, even in Spain, Italy, Ireland, France, and elsewhere in this Western world. <laughs> I'm not done. Oh, God. I'm only halfway through. Really? And the choice is personal and has to be negotiated in the film by a middle-aged widowed husband and father, by a teenage daughter that had difficult relations with the mother, by a young daughter who is still a child and does not even know what death is, by the lover who loved or did not love (laughs) but used the wife before her death and implanted in her some mirage. 
<laughs> by the wife of that occasional and indelicate lover, by the members of the fund that is supposed to take care of a big chunk of one of the Hawaiian islands, a territory that is still virginal and is greedily desired by some real estate, deve- real estate developer, this is a run-on sentence now, <laughs> whose brother-in-law is the indelicate lover, <laughs> by so many other people around that comatose woman who signed off her will to be unplugged if she was to get into such a situation. <laughs> Parting from the dying, nearly dead person is always difficult. And Clooney and his fellow actors or family members play that drama. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> that painful drama with the dignity and the restraint necessary to make it poignant without making it melodramatic. Just for that reason, you should see that film and enjoy it. Take it as good preparation for the traumas, personal, natural or universal, that may happen tomorrow at sunrise, if not before. <laughs> it is not the tree of life, but the tree of death that goes on growing beyond death because death is life and life never stopped in front of death. <laughs> That's far too poetic for like a comment on a... Isn't that the most French thing you've ever heard? <laughs> with or without the accent. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's almost as good as the Casablanca one. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think, I I think he liked it. I can't really tell. <laughs> Yeah, I think he did like it, yeah. And I really wish I could have done all of it in the accent. Yeah, so do I. Thanks. <laughs> all right, now what? Well, hang on a second. Before we do go on, all right. you, you haven't said... Uh, I get the impression you did like it, but would you say... I don't think I was as... Sorry, yeah. Oh, good point. I don't think I was as blown away as you were. Okay. And I'm probably not going to go and buy a copy. However, right. if it's on TV, there's every chance I'll watch it. Okay, that's good. Uh, it's going to be a couple of years before it's on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be adverse to watching it again. And like I said, I definitely want to get hold of the screenplay. Okay, all right. Because it won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Now, it'll be interesting. I'd like to know what you think about it in a couple of weeks' time when you when you kind of thought about it a little bit more. Because that's what I found was that I enjoyed it, really enjoyed my watching on the plane, mm-hmm. but it was like after I'd been thinking about it that I actually started thinking, oh, no, actually, no, I really, really did like that. It's a grower, huh? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to come back to it at some point. But anyway, let's move on. I was waiting for you to stop speaking so I could cough. <laughs> right, yeah, move on. What are we doing? You're going to pitch me a film for next week. Okay. Um, this is this is kind of a kind of an odd week. Um, it got to last night and I hadn't watched anything. Right. And I started watching a film. Mm. Um, and I got almost all the way to the end of a film I remembered loving mm. and thought, I do not care. Oh, really? I'm not enjoying this at all. Oh. And my options were. Mm to carry on the final 20 minutes and pitch you a film I wasn't enjoying yeah, or to stop and start again Okay, what did you with do? a different film. I stopped and started with a different Good. film and I made the right choice. However, All the right. aborted film, mm. I'm going to give a couple of weeks till I'm in a different mood and try again. Okay, um, yeah, fair Because enough. I remember loving it so much first time around and I just couldn't get into it this yeah. time. Well, funny enough, a couple of weeks ago, I was going to pitch you a film and I started mm. to watch it and I thought, oh, I'm not in the mood to watch this. Yeah, I think and, I had the same thing. And I thought, I, I know I'm going to pitch it to you at some point because I really do like it, mm. but I just wasn't in the mood for it then. Mm. So entirely by accident, yeah. you're getting your second Steve Martin movie in two weeks. Oh, really? Yes. The movie I'm going to pitch you is Roxanne, okay. which is uh, Steve Martin's uh, retelling of Serrano de Bergerac. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the screenplay, wrote the adaptation, yeah. uh, directed by Fred Schapisi, I right. think, uh, who's a name I know but can't tell you what else he's done. Okay. Uh, if I'd actually bothered to look on IMDb, I probably could have told you. Fair enough. Um, but... Uh, it obviously follows very closely the story of Serrano de Bergerac. Mm-hmm. So, in this version, Steve Martin is uh, Charles C.D. Bales. Uh, he's the fire chief of a small Midwest town. Uh, he is the only um, employee on the fire service. 
uh, everybody else is a volunteer. Right. Um, including uh, Fred Willard, who plays the, the show-off mayor, who's also a volunteer fireman. Brilliant. Um, uh, CD is charming, witty, intelligent. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody in town loves him. He's got a massive, massive nose. Right. Uh, Daryl Hannah uh, plays Roxanne Kowalski, who is a, a beautiful ast- astronomy student staying in the town for the summer. Uh, and she and CD struck a bit of a friendship. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rosovich uh, plays a man. I've never heard of Rick Rosovich. Apparently, he was in Top Gun. Uh, Her name rings a bell. Mm. He plays uh, Chris McConnell, who is the new proper professional fireman who's come to okay. uh, the department. Uh, he likes Roxanne. Uh, he's a tremendously handsome man, uh, but he's a bit dumb and he gets nervous to the point where he gets physically sick whenever he sees Roxanne. Okay. Uh, and both Chris and Roxanne separately come to CD to try and get his help uh, to get them to meet. Right. And specifically, Chris wants to use CD's wit as his own gotcha. to try and woo Roxanne via yeah. a series of letters. Okay. Um, it is, as you may imagine, a romantic comedy. Uh-huh. Um, it is very much of the 80s. You will hear from the opening moment of terrible saxophone music. Awesome. Um, uh, and it's really funny. Okay. I just think it's, it's, it's very funny. It's interesting because this film, I've probably seen the trailer for mm-hmm. hundreds of times. What VHS was it on when you? As I a don't. Kid? That's what I'm trying to work out because right. it was on the front of like probably three or four VHS tapes I had, mm. and I, I have no idea what those tapes might be. Possibly Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, and and it was it was just like I, I so I know this trailer and I can even I, I know exactly what Steve Martin looks like in this film. I've never seen the film. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah I'm keen to see it. Excellent. I think. Uh, last uh, last week, the Spanish Prisoner yeah. uh, was Steve Martin's first serious role. Yeah, this I think is Steve Martin at the peak of his comedic powers. Okay, um, I was looking through the other list of films and thinking yeah. through the other Steve Martin movies I've seen. I think I like him best in this. I can imagine it would be the most understated comedic performance. Wait till you see the film. Okay, it's not necessarily. Okay. And there are some bits where I think he's doing something really, really over the top and it's starting to get on my nerves and then he'll do one little thing just... and bring me back and make me laugh. Yeah. There are things like, for some reason, CD is an amazing gymnast, gymnast for no reason. <laughs> right. I can remember someone talking about working with Steve Martin. They're saying mm. it's like he's got a dial on his chest mm. and he he can turn that dial if you want it to be, you know, funny to a degree of five, he mm. can turn it to five and he can make it that funny. Mm. And then if he feels it's not quite funny enough, he can just turn that to eight and mm. then he can make it that. And he said... They, they were just I'm like, imagining he could, Steve Martin as Iron Man now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He could just kind of just... He, he, had, he knew exactly what to do to turn a joke and kind of pitch it at different yeah. levels and things like that, which I thought was kind of, kind of intriguing. But, I mean, I'm used to seeing him in things like The Three Amigos. Which I haven't is just seen kind, that for a very long time. It's... Very, very silly. Yeah. I watched it fairly recently mm. and for just a really stupid, stupid comedy, it's still mm. pretty funny. But you've got to be in the mood for a really stupid comedy. I might go, uh, we, have, we have a long weekend, so uh, I may go back and yeah. uh, and watch it again. There are, uh, I think, three really standout scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening, quote unquote, sword fight. Right. Uh, basically, it deals... it. It deals with various elements of the play in very interesting and updated contemporary ways. Okay. So the sword fight early on yeah. uh, is is a, a good example. Um, all the characters share kind of share names 
yeah. with characters from the play. So Christian has become Chris. Yeah. Roxanne just have has the spelling changed. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. Um, the twenty, the famous twenty insults bar scene, right? Which is the the um the centerpiece of the film, right? Uh, uh, CD is in a bar with some of his friends. And he bumps into a guy who calls him Big Nose. And he's mm. like, come on, you can't do better than that. Right. He says, right, take this dart, throw it at the dartboard, and whatever number you hit, I will come up with that many. Right. I, say, I will insult myself that many times, and they will all be better than what you can come up with. Right. And that scene is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, because chances are, Steve Martin probably just came up with all of them. Well, absolutely, yeah. Also... Yeah. There's more than twenty, okay. Because he gets to eighteen, and someone in the in the uh, in the bar shouts out. He asks, "How many have I got to?" And so everybody shouts, 14. And then he keeps going. So there's actually twenty five, right? Or if you're watching the TV version, twenty four, because they cut a rude one out. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and finally, there's um, there's a Romeo and Juliet style balcony scene. Yeah. With uh, 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 CD kind of prompting Chris, who's mm. shouting. Yeah, up that's at probably the most famous scene from the play that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then uh, there's a scene subsequent to that with some uh, some old ladies, which I think is very very funny as well. Okay. Uh, okay. So they are they're my highlights really. Okay. Much like um, much like the Descendants, I don't have that many notes for this. Fair enough. Um, yeah. It was one of those ones, not quite on the same level, but uh, with Shall We Dance to, it was a joy to watch again. Oh, cool. So okay. uh, I really hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Also, the other thing to watch out for. The scene where they get the fire department go to the 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 def- there. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. No, I don't know. Uh, the fire department are essentially the clowns. They're a bunch of complete misfits and losers, right. and they uh, they kind of they get trained throughout. And there's a scene where they go to rescue a cat from a tree. Mm-hmm. Watch the bottom corner of the screen where you can see uh, a stagehand's hand trying to steady the obviously fake cat in the tree. <laughs> okay. Um, that's all I got really. Cool. It's good. Watch yeah. it. It's yeah. funny. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Make you laugh. What yeah. you got for me? Um. Well, interesting enough, I got to the point where... Not bloody Steve Martin film. <laughs> no, it's not a Steve Martin film. Far from it. I, I got to the point where um, having time to find something to watch was starting to become a bit of an issue. Oh, um, I know that feeling well. Yeah. And I kind of thought maybe what I should do is pitch you something I know really, really well and just kind of stick it on and then get some refresher notes from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put this film on. I thought about making a guess then, but I didn't want it to be right. So carry on. No, no, no. I I, uh, I put the film on, and I started writing my notes. And then I realised all the notes I'd written were completely from my own memory mm-hmm. of stuff. And you didn't I'd need studied. to watch the film, so I didn't actually need to watch the film. Okay. Uh, and then I kind of got to the point where I said, like, actually, I, d- I don't really need to watch this. I can j- I could probably even pitch it to you without looking at my notes right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you almost did that last week with the Descendants. Yeah. Do you want um, to try? <laughs> not really no um, but then something really weird happened I got completely hooked into the movie and watched it to the end right <laughs> just because I really really like it that much good so you're going to get your second Hitchcock movie okay and you're probably going to get the one you know most about which mm-hmm. is Psycho ha huh. so I only know the famous shower scene okay I've never, never seen Psycho and thankfully I've not seen the Gus Van Sant version no definitely not um, what I found myself doing is even though i know that film pretty much backwards i still like it was like watching it fresh when i was watching because i haven't i probably haven't seen it for like two two three years mm-hmm. um you know and i obviously studied it in film studies and stuff like that when you do the hitchcock sections and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing um i think 
I'd be I'm just really curious as to what you'll make of it mm-hmm. because I mean that scene is so famous it's been pastiched so much yeah. but I'm just intrigued to f- see what you think of the rest of the movie mm. um, I'm going to nip back to my notes um, see I don't really know much of the setup to get to there yeah. there's something Janet Lee's on the run with a briefcase yeah. and she ends up at a creepy motel pretty much yeah so basically what I've written down I've written down a, a, a thing that's, that will hopefully give you a bit of information you need but without giving anything away that okay you wouldn't already know. Uh, so a woman is on the run and finds herself at the Batesmo Hotel while her lover, her sister and her dete- and a detective try and track her down. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know okay, about Okay, that's fine. Um, it's one of those movies that there's just tons of trivia for mm. it. So there's, you know, things like it's the first time uh, you'd ever seen a toilet flush on screen. That is the, one of the most bizarre bits of trivia Isn't I think it? I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, Sounds a bit haze Cody. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, there were lots of things to do with this. So, for example, uh, Hitchcock was contracted to deliver a 90-minute movie. Mm. So he shot 90 minutes. There were various takes, yeah. but you could not construct a film that was any longer than 90 minutes or any shorter than 90 minutes. Good work. Uh, he submitted it to the uh, the censors and they told him to go and recut it because it was too violent. He put it on a shelf for a week. Gave it back to them and they passed it um, because they, they'd got over the initial shock yeah. of watching it. The most significant uh, piece of information about this film is it was the first time that you were not allowed to enter the cinema once the film had started. Okay. So back then you could, you'd have an A and a B movie. You could go buy your cinema ticket. You'd go in. You'd sit down at whatever point the film was playing. You'd watch it through to the end. You'd watch the next movie, and then you'd watch the beginning of the first one. Yeah, again, everything and then just ran leave. on a loop. Yeah. You just ran on a loop. Mm. Hitchcock was like, "No, you're not allowed to do that." Uh, to the point where they had standees of him holding a notice that was saying, "You will not be permitted into this." If huh. if you are not here on time, mm-hmm. they had records sent out to cinemas that said it's five minutes to psycho time, it's four minutes to psycho time to get nice. people in. So they did all this kind of weird, kind of innovative marketing. Mm. Um, watch the trailer. You could do any marketing like that. Today. I don't know. Watch the trailer on on the DVD because it's six and a half minutes long. Is it one of those Alfred Hitchcock presents trailers? No, it's Alfred Hitchcock doing a guided tour of the Bates Motel. Nice, and it's very funny. Mm. Um, Someone once asked him what sort of movie he thought it was. Did he think it was a horror or a thriller? And he said, it's a comedy, mm. which is kind of weird. And they would say, well, why is it a comedy? He said, well, it had to be. And then he wouldn't be drawn anymore on it. <laughs> um, so there's some really nice stuff that, that is beautifully shot, mm. which is interesting because he used his, t- his Alfred Hitchcock Presents TV crew to film it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically went in with the attitude of making a black and white B movie for under a million dollars because he figured that just because it's a black and white B movie, which generally do quite well at the box office, doesn't mean it has to be bad. Mm-hmm. And that was his kind of thing. It was like, I wonder if for that money and that look, you can actually make a good film. Mm-hmm. And he made possibly the most successful film to date that he'd done. Mm. Um, to the point where the the studio had didn't have a great deal of faith in it, so they gave him quite a large percentage, and mm. he ended up making something like $15 million off the back of it. Some fine work right there. Yeah, yeah, very shrewd, man. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those films, It's uh, originally I was just going to pitch it to you, it's, it's a classic, you should have seen it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, but, you're damn right. It's a classic, and I really should have seen it. Well, you it. should have, and that was kind of it. But when I watched it again, I was just like, it, you know, it's so much more than that, I mm. think. Um, so I'm really keen to see what you think of it and to hear your take on the structure of it and the way it works because it's kind of unusual, kind of interesting, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it, really. Um, there'll be plenty to talk about after you've seen it. Marvellous. We shall, uh, we'll trade DVDs. Absolutely. Um, plugs and stuff. Uh, yeah. Something we forgot to do last week. What was that? Because I was so distracted by the midget guitar. Yeah. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of their studio. No, really. Thank you to Alexia Mum for his technical assistance. Oh, right. Sorry, I was distracting you. So that goes that goes double this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I don't have the plug sheet. Oh, you want my book? So uh, either I've got to do it, you've got to give me the book and I do it, or you've got to do it. I'm going to give you the book and you can do it. Would our special guest like to do it? That would sound nice. <laughs> that would be a no then has a no you can find us if you are of the Twitter persuasion on Twitter we are at HYS podcast uh, we are on Facebook you can like us you can tell your friends to like us in actual fact get them to listen to the podcast because that's much more important than liking us on Facebook Yeah. but if you listen to the podcast and like that like us on Facebook where you can also send us messages and stuff mm-hmm. where it says facebook.com slash have you seen podcast yep. we have a blog which is kind of kept up to date and kind of not, depending yeah. on how busy I am, really. Yeah. Um, that is bit.ly slash HYS podcast. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, if your messages to us are too long for any of those yeah. <laughs> particular methods of communication, uh, you can email us, hyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, mm-hmm. We invite reviews, pitches. Uh, we like people to try and get involved with the moves we're talking about that week. Absolutely. But, yeah. uh, equally, if you've seen anything in the back catalogue, which I will update on the website at some point, yeah, um, send us a review. We'll always read it out. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great to get more pitches in, I think, because it, yes. it was good fun doing the one that Carl It was, in. yes. We may not have liked the movie, but it was fun to do it. And absolutely. interesting to get somebody else's... Uh, yeah, somebody else's yeah. take on something. Yeah, and it's it's good for us to watch movies that neither of us would you know, possibly go out of our way to see. Exactly. That's it, then. We're done. We're done. Excellent. Well, everybody enjoy the um, Jubilee festivities. Oh, yeah. Particularly people in other countries who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get a a four-day weekend, so I think we should go and enjoy it. Excellent. Uh, um, Podcast over. Bye. Bye. (laughs)